0: All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you chose to listen to this program on your way to work or perhaps uh, uh, resting in your recliner at home, sipping a cup of coffee. I am one of your hosts, Josh Bales from The Well Church. Uh, around the table today, Pastor Jonathan Van Hugen from Day Day Spring Reformed Church. We're glad to have
1: all of you in the room. Today. Is that
0: is that a salmon color shirt or is that pink? That would be uh, light orange. <laughs> I'm, I must be. I think I'm going. I think I'm going blind. On top of going deaf, I think I'm going blind. It's a
1: pinkish orange. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church.
2: Good to be here. I can I go circle back to what how you started. Yeah. I, th- I think you said. Yeah. It, it, sipping coffee. We're all you, off here. Thank you for choosing to listen to our show. Is that? And I bad? was just thinking that as Calvinists. The, they were predestined. Was, the, the show shows them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for that correction. That was yeah, yeah. that was a really important correction. Very important. <laughs> yeah. I think our engineer is throwing things in the next room. <laughs> and then we have a guest host today, uh, returning uh, Ben Rao. He's one of our pastoral interns at the Well. Glad you're here today, brother. I'm glad to be here. Now you need to talk more today because we want to hear your, you know, the richness of your of that accent that you have. Is that Australian? New Zealand?
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is not the way (laughs) to get me to talk more.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, um, we're kind of wrapping up this series, aren't we? Um, We've been looking at... Well,
1: our series just keeps continuing. It's uh, the Gospel for Life. This this is the Gospel for Life. So we just just circle back and start all over again. But we've been going through uh, Do You Believe by Paul Tripp, uh, and he's... uh, He's written it in a wonderful way, He speaks about the doctrines that we ought to believe, and also then uh, applies that, you know, and shows us what a difference it makes in our life, which is really what the Gospel for Life is all about.
0: That's right. So today we are on the last chapter, which is the doctrine of eternity, and then it's practical application. So let's jump right into it, brothers. Um, We were talking off air, and I think, Russ, you said that this is one of the – the questions that's that's most misunderstood by Christians. What happens to Christians when they die?
2: So I think the misconception is that people believe that when a, a Christian dies that they go body and soul straight into heaven, that they go, end up in heaven in their glorified body um, and begin an eternity um, with God as their Savior. Um I do not believe that that is what the Bible teaches. Um, what happens is that they die, their body goes into the into the ground, their soul goes up into heaven and awaits the glorification of body and soul in a glorified body until the second coming of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. when Jesus Christ will take his bride, the entire church to himself at one time and so. If you're looking for a passage on this it's really second corinthians 5 that really helps you work through this idea of that at death um the soul goes into heaven and 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 has um it's not that it's a negative state but it's not the fullness of the glorification that will will occur yeah
1: yeah, it's 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 a positive state. Mm-hmm. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. Uh, as a believer, you know you you're in, you're in His presence, but there is a there is a sense in which um, even the saints in heaven are saying, "How long, O oh Lord?" Mm-hmm. There the, you know we we desire we desire that full completion, which is promised to us because we will be, saved, body and soul, um, but but it is important to recognize that you know that's part of the future hope is the bodily resurrection of uh, you know you know and, and and eternal life with him so some theologians
0: have called this the intermediate state mm-hmm. so it's it's what happens when uh, between a person's death and then the final resurrection that all things are not in their their final or consummate form
1: yeah it's it's not it's not uh, a, a in when we're talking about the intermediate state, it's not a um, existenceless uh, state. It's, it's not, not soul sleep. It's not soul mm-hmm. sleep.
2: Uh, you, you know, it, you which are in, Calvin writes a, a beautiful um, essay or response mm-hmm. about soul sp- sleep and specifically why that's not what is taught in Scripture. Okay, so then, just uh, real quick, I do want to say there is a man in heaven right now. Yeah. Yes. And so when we talk with about this with a body, and this is the, um, the amazement of heaven right now is that not that Jesus Christ reigns and rules over all things, but Jesus Christ, the God man mm. reigns and rules over all things. Um, Jesus, the eternal son of God has always ruled over all things. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. He yep. is the, he's what's going to follow. But now what changed with Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is his ascension is now Christ is in heaven with a human body, Mm -hmm. a glorified body. And that is, as Jonathan says, the guarantee he's the first fruit of all that will follow. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a man in heaven. um, With a glorified body. With a glorified body. But it's only Jesus Christ until the day he returns. Yeah.
0: All right, well, then let's talk about that, um, the return. Uh, so death takes place, the intermediate state, and then what will take place when Jesus returns from heaven?
2: Wait, just real quickly. How many returns are there going to be of, of Jesus? Well, I, so, I mean, I you say that somewhat snarkily, right? Uh, playfully. But um, <laughs> it
0: actually does depend on which eschatology you hold because um, like we're, hopefully we're going to do a, a series um, – on dispensationalism and covenant theology coming up, but if you're if you're of the dispensational persuasion, then you could hold to like three or four different returns of Christ. Hopefully, we'll clear that up. But but our it's our contention that Jesus just returns one time at, at the end of this age.
2: Throughout the Old Testament, um, that would be referred to in the prophets as the Day of the Lord, and the Day of the Lord is really talking about that great day of judgment that awaits all of humanity when Jesus Christ comes, um, returns in, in the New Testament, it's called the parousia, the the, the return of Christ, um, where he is going to bring all humanity before the great judgment throne, um, and the end of time as we know it will come to an end. Yeah, And um, it's at that point where he is going to separate the righteous from the unrighteous, those that are in Christ Jesus from those that are outside of of Christ Jesus. Um, And the Bible tells us that we have been living in the last days for 2,000 years now. And there are signs that occur throughout these last days that you'll see and I would say in cycles throughout that time period that will point to the return of Christ, mm-hmm. a day that is unknown. Um, and so the last, one of the last instructions that the disciples were given um, were actually given by an angel that were basically, hey, why are you here staring up into heaven um, you're not to know the time and the date. Jesus Christ mm-hmm. told his disciples, nobody knows the time and the date. So don't worry about that. Worry about what you've been given a task to do, which is to go into all the world and make disciples.
1: This matter of the return of Christ and the resurrection um, is actually spoken of in the in the book of Daniel in chapter 12, um, where it talks about um, the people being delivered everyone whose name is found written in the book and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake some to everlasting life some to shame and everlasting contempt mm-hmm. and that, that that's the resurrection we're talking there's a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous yeah um the, the there's an there's eternal condemnation for those um, who are without christ there is the bodily resurrection and the joining of body and soul in eternal life, with yeah.
0: now with everybody, both the righteous and the wicked, will get a new body. They'll, they'll, their spirit will be well. Put put aside the adjective "new" for a second. Every every human being will be reunited with their body. The, the righteous, for sure, with glorified bodies. But then the judgment will take place. Mm-hmm. So it's not like even even the the souls of the damned. They're not just disembodied spirits. They have
2: bodies. Hell is a, a physical place. And I if I think first and. Second Thessalonians are helpful books for people to turn to 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 read and and think about and study the the return of Christ. Um, Paul spends a, a great deal of time talking about this with them because there were so many misconceptions um, and wrong ideas, and that he was trying to provide. Um, correctives for them that I, I think are helpful, um, not just for the first century, but for us today.
0: So maybe as we're getting close to wrapping up this show, um, how do we think about applying this? Um, I, I know that some of you guys are C.S. Lewis fans, especially the, the Brit right next to us, but yep. um, I think it was in Screwtape Letters where C.S. Lewis said that you have never met a mere mortal. Um, every person that you've ever met has an everlasting soul. If, if we are only to live 70 years or 80 years at, at best, uh, we, we've not even yet begun to live. Uh, our, our, our true existence, our, our, our everlasting existence is, is yet to come, mm-hmm. where eternity is, is such a place where you could multiply on, a, on a, the most powerful calculator, millions times millions times millions, and you could subtract it from eternity, and it would not even take a millisecond away from eternity, because it's everlasting. So when we're talking about eternity, we're not talking about this, this doctrine that is theoretical or, or, or doesn't have an impact. We're talking about a doctrine that everybody should have at the forefront of their mind. You've never met a mere mortal. You've only met people that will live everlastingly.
2: I think the return of Christ should motivate or should influence the way a Christian lives in three different ways. One, um, Scripture always, when it talks about the return of Christ, every time it talks about that, always talks about being prepared. And that it's a call to live righteous, holy lives. Second, almost every time it's talked about in Scripture, it's talked about as an encouragement, that we're to encourage one another with these truths. And I think that encouragement is twofold. One, it rushes us into... Our eternal joy and satisfaction of being in the presence of Jesus Christ. But I think also, along with that, is that it's the day when evil will be judged and evil will be eliminated. Mm. That the hope of the prophets was that the great judge was going to come and bring an end to the evil that has tormented the people of God from the beginning of, of, from almost the beginning of time. And then, third, I think it should be a motivation for us to evangelize to share the good news of the gospel with those that are eternal beings. Yeah. Um I think it's in mere Christianity that Lewis talks about this, but it's this idea that every person you come encounter will live forever. And Lewis mm-hmm. goes on to say that there if we could see them in that eternal state, we would either have a desire to fall down and worship them mm. for what they become in their glorified state in heaven or we would be so repulsed um by what they become in eternal damnation. Yeah. Mm. So
0: this is um something to meditate on dear listener. Um perhaps if you've if ne- you've never listened to a sermon on eternity, uh maybe a good primer for it would be um Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Jonathan Edwards. It's actually not about God's anger. It's actually about God's mercy, that he holds sinners up from eternal damnation by his mere good pleasure. And it's it's really a call to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, especially for those who don't know them. You can actually find that on Sermon Audio and just listen to it if you'd like. Uh, we do have a conference coming up October 21st and 22nd. We're really excited about it. Uh, it's on the topic of the church It's, um, I think, a very timely topic for the season that we are in currently. Uh, Dr. Joel Beakey and Dr. Derek Thomas are are both going to join us this year as our speakers. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can sign up for free. And um, so we hope that you do that. ReformationBoise.com. We'll see you next time.